As we begin today's lesson, let me ask you a straightforward question. If you were to die today, what would your family and friends have to say about you? Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of one of those shock questions for me, kind of stops me in my tracks. It's an attention getter. It's a wake-up call. If you were to die today, what would your family and friends have to say about you? That question cuts through all the unimportant, non-essential stuff and gets right to the heart of the matter. It deals with what others think about us. It reveals what those who know us best like and dislike about us. It reveals what those who know us best would respect or disrespect about us. Us. It speaks of our reputation. If you were to die today, what would your family and friends have to say about you? This morning as we continue our study in Proverbs, we're going to be seeking God's wisdom on reputation. Now to get us jump started, I want you to notice what Solomon writes here in Proverbs 22 and verse 1. Follow along there in your Bible. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Hear how some other versions translate or paraphrase this very same verse. The contemporary English. A good reputation and respect are worth much more than silver and gold. The expanded Bible. Being respected is more important than having great riches. To be well thought of is better than silver or gold. The good news. If you have to choose between a good reputation and great wealth, choose a good reputation. The message. A sterling reputation is better than striking it rich. A gracious spirit is better than money in the bank. And the Passion Translation, a beautiful reputation is more to be desired than great riches, and to be esteemed by others is more honorable than to own immense investments. Now literally, the Hebrew here reads simply, name preferred to wealth, grace rather than silver or gold. In other words, building a good reputation with others is more important than building a good nest egg for self. Solomon put it this way, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1, A good reputation at the time of death is better than loving care at the time of birth. You've got to let that one kind of sink in for a moment. Simply put, how we exit this world when life ends is more important than how we enter this world when life begins. We have no control over what people think of us at birth, but we do have control over what people think of us at death. We may not be able to write our own birth announcement, but we spend our entire lives writing our own epitaph. Seeking God's wisdom on reputation. I almost changed the word reputation to character. And perhaps I should have done so. Why? Because I don't want us to fall into the ugly trap of thinking about image instead of character. Image is what we make others think we are. 
Character is what we really are. Image focuses on the external. Character focuses on the internal. Image is something that, in fact, can be changed overnight. But character is something that's developed over an entire lifetime. Image is what we are in public when people are watching. Character is what we are in private when only God is watching. I ran across this video clip from Francis Chan this past week, and I thought it summed up the difference between image and character so well. Let's watch it together. Reputation. If I were to, because I don't know many of you at all, but let's say I just started interviewing you. Maybe I'd interview the people closest to you, you know, your, your friends who are here with you today. And I ask them, tell me about David, you know, if, if there's a David out there. Tell me, tell me about David or whatever your name is. And I, and I asked your wife, David, I asked your kids, I asked your friends, I asked people who worked about you. Tell me about his relationship with God. Tell me what he's like. Tell me about, you know, who, who is this guy? Okay, think about that. If I interviewed the people close to you, what would they say? If I interviewed people in this church about you, what would they tell me? Hey, think about that. Some of the people in this church might say some very nice things about you, right? People in your Sunday school, people that have been on missions trips with you, people that, that were at the dinner table with you. Think about what they would tell me about you. What would they say? What's your reputation? And maybe Pastor John knows you, and I would ask Pastor John, wait, 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 tell, me what, tell me about this guy, what you know about him. Tell me about this woman, what you know about her. And think about the report I would get by interviewing those people. Okay, you got it got in your mind? We have an idea of what they would say. Okay, now what if, what if God would allow me right now to just leave this earth and come before His throne? And I could actually interview him and ask him about you. Father, tell me, tell me about, tell me about David. Well, what are your thoughts about him, his actions, his life, his, his love for you? And I just kind of took down a report. What would the two reports look like? Would this one report, would what your friends and your family and the people around say about you be much higher than what God would say? And if so, could it be that you've been more consumed about your reputation than you are about your character? And who you really are before God? And you may purposefully, we can do this, right? Make ourselves sound better than we are to certain people. And create a reputation for ourselves that may indeed be false when we stand before God. And we know it. And we know it. What God would say about us in many ways. And sure, sometimes we even deceive ourselves on that. But for the most part, we know, right? And that's what he says to these people. And, and that the, the verse is very dear to me because I now have a reputation. And I want my life to match up. I don't want at the end God to say, wow, that's good. Ooh, Mr. Crazy Love. You, you know? 
But for Jesus to confess my name and say, no, Francis, he, he, he loved me. He loved me. Father, angels, France, here's Francis. He loved me. He, he didn't go these other directions. He lived it out. <laughs> Isn't that what you would love to hear from the voice of Jesus? That's what we're after. And, and so if it comes across me just going, wow, this guy doesn't even know me. He's getting in my face already. It, it's because I, I want that for you. I mean, oh, what a silliness. There's such a silliness to fake when something so big is on the line. Something so grand is on the line. I, I sometimes just tell people, like, why would you fake? Think of, take it to the end. You, you know, take it to the very end. You fooled everyone. That's great. And so you die and you go to hell and you think, yeah, but everyone thinks I'm in heaven. <laughs> That's your goal? How long is that joy going to last? You guys, it's this, it's, 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 it's this time to get real. It's, it's just a time for us. We've got to get honest with some of our disbelief. Uh, be honest with our fear of surrender. To be honest with some of the concern we have of the incongruency of what we see in New Testament, Testament Christianity and what we see in our own lives. All of which leads me to say this. Here's today's sermon in a sentence for you. The Bible says a good reputation is built on character, not image. The Bible says a good reputation is built on character, not image. Now why is that so important for us to understand? Look what Solomon wrote in Proverbs. Proverbs 10 and verse Nine. In fact, let's read this one out loud together. Would you read it with me? The person with integrity walks securely, but the one who compromises will be found out. Now think about that for a minute. person with integrity walks securely. The person with integrity doesn't ever have to look over their shoulder. Doesn't ever have to be worried about, oh boy, I sure hope they don't find out what I'm really like. The person without integrity, without character, who compromises, they're going to be found out. The secrets will be revealed. It, it will someday come to light. And that's why they're nervous about it. That's why they're so panicked all the time, looking over their shoulder, hoping nobody really is ever going to find out what he or she is really like. In fact, Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, Wicked people run away when no one chases them. But those who live right are... As brave as lions. Proverbs 29, verse 6. An evil person is snared by their own sin. Yeah, it will come to light. But a righteous one can sing and be glad. I love that picture. Going through life singing and humming with joy. Because you don't have to worry about somebody finding out something about you that you didn't want them to know. You thought you had it covered up. You've been faking it. Here's the bottom line. When we build a good, solid reputation, it is based upon our integrity. The integrity of our character. And we are secure in that. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to cover up. There's no dirt that can be dug up. There's nothing to worry about. 
when our character is godly. So back to our question. If you were to die today, what would your family and friends have to say about you? Or perhaps the better question is this. If you were to die today, what would God have to say about you? Well, Solomon offers some practical wisdom here in Proverbs for building a good reputation for areas of character building that we need to address in our everyday lives. First, we must speak with credibility. We must speak with credibility. Notice God's wisdom through Solomon. Proverbs 11, verse 6. Honest lips can keep you safe, but if you can't be trusted... You trap yourself. Yeah, you will. You'll sooner or later be trapped by what you say. Proverbs 12, verse 17. An honest person speaks the truth at all times. Proverbs 17, 7. Respected people do not tell lies. I mean, it's pretty simple. You want to build a good reputation with others, speak with credibility. Tell the truth. Be trustworthy. Demonstrate integrity in what we Say Now, addressing credibility in our speech, Proverbs 25 and verse 14 reminds us, broken promises are worse than rain clouds that don't bring rain. We know about those, don't we? And yeah, how often we make promises that we never intend to keep. See if you recognize any of these. I'll get on that right away. Yeah, right. Hey, I'll see to that myself. Mm-hmm. I'll be sure to return this just as soon as I'm through with it. <laughs> I'll pay you back when I get my next paycheck. <laughs> I'll spend some time with you for sure this weekend, son. Hey, can I call you right back? (laughs) I am going to begin my diet and exercise program tomorrow morning. Now when we lie, whatever form the lie may take, we're in some pretty bad company, I want you to know. Jesus Himself put it this way in John 8, verses 43 and 44. You are children of your father, the devil. A hater of truth, there's not an iota of truth in him. When he lies, it is perfectly normal, for he is the father of lies. Ouch. I love David's prayer of commitment in Psalm 17 and verse 3. In fact, it ought to be our prayer as well, so let's read it out loud together. Would you read it with me? Though you probe my heart and examine me, though you test me, you will find nothing. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. Wow, isn't that an incredible commitment? I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. That needs to be our commitment as well. That every word that we utter would be truthful and trustworthy. That we would demonstrate integrity in everything that we say. So, how do we build a good solid reputation? First, we must speak with credibility. Number two, we must serve with intensity. Serve with intensity. 
Notice the wisdom of these Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4. Do not let kindness leave you, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. When we extend kindness out of the flow of our everyday lives to those around us, when we are known as a kind person, that's the way to build a reputation right there. Meeting people's needs, putting them first. Proverbs 11.27 Try hard to do good and you will win friends. Proverbs 14, verse 22 You will earn the trust and respect of others if you work for their good. The point is this. If you want to build a good reputation with others, then serve with intensity. Have a servant's heart. Be other-centered. Put the needs and interests of others before your own. But the problem is, you see, we live in a serve-us society, not a service society. The prevailing attitude is, what can I get? What's in this for me rather than what can I give? What's in this for others? That selfish attitude is evident on the job, in the home, in relationships, even right here in the church. But what did Jesus say in Mark 10, verses 43 through 45? Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's an incredible verse. The very one who did deserve to be served is the one who came instead to. Serve. He emptied Himself. And He put your needs and my needs before His own. Paul stated it very simply for us in Galatians 5.13. Serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. You want to really build a good reputation with others? Then here's the question. How many hours a week do you give to unselfish service to others? How many hours a week do you give to unselfish service to others? Service that is given quietly without recognition, without expecting anything to be given in return. There's nothing in it for you. You just have put the other person first and you have reached out and you have met that need with the resources that God has given you, your time and your money and your skills and your experience. And you've drawn alongside of that person, not because anybody asked you to, but because you love them. By the way, while we're serving others, let's follow Solomon's advice in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do just enough to get by. Oh, that's not what it says, is it? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with half your might. No, that's not what it says either. What's it say? Let's read it out loud correctly. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Serve with zeal, with passion, with fervor, with strength. In other words, give it all you've got. I mean, if you're going to do it, don't do it haphazardly. Don't do it half-heartedly. Do it! Give it everything you've got. Do your best. 
So how do we build a good, solid reputation? Second, we must serve with intensity. Number three, we need to share with generosity. Share with generosity. I love the way Solomon stated this in Proverbs 11.25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Psalmist put it this way, Psalm 112 verse 9. The person who gives generously and shows kindness will be powerful and respected. See, the principle is simply this. If you want to build a good reputation with others, then share with generosity. Give willingly, sacrifice joyfully, donate liberally. Andrew Carnegie. Recognize the name? Yeah, most of us will. When Carnegie died, a slip of paper was found in his desk drawer which had this life goal written on it from when he was 20 years old. He wrote, I want to spend the first half of my life making money and the last half of my life giving it away. That was his goal. And that's just what he did, by the way, to the tune of $450 million that he gave away. And that's why he has such a lasting reputation, by the way, even today. But let me tell you the story of nine others who were Carnegie's contemporaries 90-some years ago. These nine men were the wealthiest tycoons on the face of the earth, and they all met together in Chicago in 1923. Among them, they controlled more money than what was in the U.S. Treasury at that time. So what happened to them? Well, let me tell you. Charles Schwab lived the last five years of his life on borrowed money and died penniless. Arthur Cutton, the world's greatest stock speculator, died overseas bankrupt. Richard Whitney, president of the New York Stock Exchange at the time, spent time in Sing Sing prison. Albert Fall, member of the president's cabinet, had to be pardoned from prison so he could come home and die with dignity. Samuel Insull, president of the largest utility company in the world, died on the run as a fugitive. Howard Hobson, president of the largest petroleum company in the world at that time, died in an insane asylum. Jesse Livermore, known as the Great Bear of Wall Street, committed suicide. Ivor Kruger, founder of the largest security company in the world at that time, committed suicide. Leon Fraser, president of the Bank of International Settlements, also committed suicide. Suicide. All nine of these men knew how to make a living. They just didn't know how to live. And with the exception of Charles Schwab, I bet you didn't even recognize another name on that list. And yet 90 some years ago, they controlled almost all of the world's resources. Here's the point. People are never honored by what they get. They are honored for what they give. People are never honored for what they get. They are honored for what they give. Jesus Himself told us to do something with our money that's pretty incredible in Luke 16 and verse 9. In fact, let's read this out loud together. 
And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of worldly wealth, so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Now the first time I remember that I ever studied that verse, I thought, Jesus didn't say that. And I looked for every opportunity to explain that verse away, and the more I looked into the verse, the more I realized, do you realize what Jesus is saying there? Jesus is saying, use your resources in this world, because you're not going to take them with you, right? Spend them all. Use all your resources to influence other people with your money and your resources. Yeah, money is influence. And so use it, even though it's worldly wealth, even though it's, it's worldly mammon, some of the translations say. Use that money to influence other people, especially those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as the forgiver and leader of their lives. Use your money to have an influence on them so that when it all is gone, guess who's going to be on the other side to welcome you into heaven? That's what that verse says. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Every time you donate in that basket back there for crisis care kits, every time you drop your spare change in that vase in the lobby for our child sponsorship, every time you Drop your alabaster box in that big alabaster box back there in the lobby. Every time that you give to Compassionate Ministries and Nazarene Ministries International, every time you support a missionary, every time you give a penny, you don't know what kind of an impact that's going to have. And won't it be a neat thing someday to get to heaven? And have somebody totally a stranger to us walk up to us and say, I want to thank you because it's your penny that reached me for Jesus. Isn't that an amazing thought? See, we've got to think beyond just alabaster boxes and glass vases and baskets and crisis caricats and, and you know missionaries that tell their stories up in front of us. We've we, we got to think beyond that. We've got to realize the impact that we're able to make through the influence of our resources can make an eternal difference in the lives of people. So even this morning when you drop your offering in the offering plate, just... Think about that, would you? I'm not just giving this to the church. I'm not just giving this to some cause. This is kingdom stuff. <laughs> this is going to have an eternal impact on somebody for Jesus. Oh God, may it be so. So how do we build a good solid reputation? Third, we must share with generosity. Number four, we need to succeed with humility. Succeed with Humility. Take note of God's wisdom in these Proverbs. Proverbs 11, verse 2. Too much pride can put you to shame. It's wiser to be humble. Proverbs 29, verse 23. Arrogance will bring your downfall. But if you're humble, you will be respected. 
The lesson is this. If you want to build a good reputation with others, then succeed with humility. Don't let success go to our head. Keep a sane perspective. Avoid an overinflated opinion of yourself. (laughs) Okay, it's quiz time. How many of you believe that success can ruin people? Let me see your hands. How many of you believe that success can ruin people? Okay. All right. How many of you believe that success would ruin you? Oh, now we're getting to where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Oh, not me. I can handle that. Yeah, let me win the lottery, Lord. I could do that. I could, I could handle this success thing. You think so? No. Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-one: Gold and silver are tested in a red-hot furnace, but we are tested by praise. You see, <clears throat> adversity tests us. We would all agree with that, right? You go through tough times. The tough times in life do test us. They mold us. They shape us. But I tell you what, the greatest test of our character is not adversity. The greatest test of our character is prosperity. You want to know what a person is really made of? Let them succeed. And they will show their true colors. Chew on that one for a while. So how do we build a good, solid reputation? Fourth, we must succeed with humility. In review then, Solomon offers some practical wisdom in Proverbs for providing a good, solid reputation. Four areas of character building that we need to address in our daily lives. We need to speak with credibility. We need to serve with intensity. We need to share with generosity. And we need to succeed with humility. Proverbs, seeking God's wisdom. Today we've been seeking God's wisdom on reputation. By the way, did you happen to notice that these four areas are a perfect description of Jesus' character? I mean, think about it with me for a moment. He spoke with credibility. So much so the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And they hung on his every word. And and they said, we've never heard anyone speak like this. And he served with intensity. I mean, day after day. Just read Matthew chapters 8, 9, 10. And you'll see one day after, he doesn't stop. He just keeps serving. And opportunities come. And as he's walking along the road, he's healing people. And he's casting out demons. And he's saying, the field is wide unto harvest. We just need more harvesters to work in the field. And, you know, i got to have some help here. I mean, he served with intensity. And then he shared with generosity. I mean, didn't he Really? He just gave and gave and gave and gave and gave of himself. He gave of his space. He gave of his time. When he tried to get away from the crowds, they followed him anyway. He just shared. He didn't turn them away. The kids that the apostles thought were a bother to him, he said, no, let them come to me. This is what the kingdom of God is made of. 
And he gave and gave and gave and gave and he gave his life on the cross for you. And he succeeded with humility. He really did. They wanted to make him king, remember that? They they wanted to take him right on into Jerusalem. Come on, let's just put you on the throne. Let's knock Herod off the throne. Let's get rid of these Roman soldiers that are all around us. We're going to set up your kingdom. We're going to do it now. We're behind you, Jesus. And Jesus walked away from that. Because he knew that's not what his kingdom was of. His kingdom was a servant kingdom. And with humility, he humbled himself and was obedient all the way to the cross for you. You see, a good solid reputation of character means just being Christ-like. That's what it means. The Apostle Paul put it this way, Romans 8 and verse 29. From the very beginning, God decided that those who come to Him should become like His Son. That's it! (laughs) Right there! That's our goal. This is what we ought to be aiming for, to build a reputation of Christ-like character so that others see Jesus in us. Now again, we're not talking about image here. We're talking about character. Christ-like character. That's the only kind of reputation, by the way, that lasts. In fact, let's wrap up today's lesson by reading Proverbs 10 and verse 7 out loud together. Would you read it with me? Good people are remembered long after they are gone, but the wicked are soon forgotten. Hmm. Don't forget that. And so I ask you, if you were to die today, What would your family and friends have to say about you? Or again, perhaps the better question is, what would God have to say about you? Let's pray. (coughs) Lord, um, we need to listen to this lesson. So much in our world today is built on image. So much is built on the outside stuff. Pretty people. Fake people. Even people who would go so far as to say character doesn't matter. May we never buy into that lie. May we understand that it has always been and always will be character. And may our focus not be so much on the outside stuff, what we look like and what we wear and what others may think of us as we impress them with our pretense and our mask that we wear. But I pray that we'd realize it's the inside stuff that matters. It's who we are, really. It's our hearts. It's our integrity. It all starts on the inside. So God, help us now to apply this lesson 
that we would be Christ-like. That we would speak with credibility just like Jesus did. That we would serve with intensity just like Jesus did. That we would share with generosity just like Jesus did. And that we would succeed with humility just like Jesus did. For that's our prayer in Jesus' name.